Coming to you live from the Republic of Texas and broadcasting around the world, this is the Max McGuire Show. This is our last chance to take this country back. That's true. Listen, it doesn't matter that Joe Biden is losing his mind. He still betrayed this country. Come on, man. Get ready, because the Max McGuire Show starts right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Max McGuire Show. My name, Max McGuire. Lots to talk about today. Can't wait to next week be able to go back to an everyday format. It seems like I miss so much. This week we've done Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Next week will be every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. It feels like an eternity, right? So much so is happening nowadays that it feels like an eternity. And when I miss a day, because I'm not podcasting that day, um, it, it, it feels like just so much has happened. Today, talking about Hunter Biden, specifically the mainstream media's decision to apparently, I guess, grow a conscience and decide that they're going to start reporting accurately what we have talked about, what we've known, what I've covered for well over two years. The Hunter Biden and the entire Biden crime family is corrupt to the core. They are dealing on their name. They're dealing on the Joe Biden name. Joe Biden is corrupt himself, accepting kickbacks for the other family members dealing on his name while he is in office, while he is running for office. And we've known that this guy has been investing. They've been investigating this guy for years. I mean, it broke a couple of years ago that a grand jury had been empowered to look at his tax cases. That's how they usually get you. They start looking at the taxes when things don't line up. And then they start digging more and more and more. And a simple tax crime, back taxes can all of a sudden turn into a much bigger case. So we're going to be going through the mainstream media's abrupt about face, abrupt 180 turn. I mean, it, it was, it's stunning to watch. You almost, you almost worried that some of these people might have gotten whiplash from spinning around that fast. Talking about Joe Biden's repeated denials that he or his son had done anything wrong. We're going to talk about the special counsel statute and why it's absolutely necessary, knowing what we know now for sure, how this investigation is going. Absolutely essential that a special counsel be named to look at Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family. And we'll spend a little bit of time on this episode going through the specific crimes that Hunter Biden himself should be prosecuted for, not just taxes. Not just corruption. There are very real crimes that he deserves to be locked up for a long time for. So hit that Rumble button if you haven't already. Share, comment, comment, comment. Um, reading the comments on Rumble. So if you, if you want to talk, feel free. I'll, I'll happy to read them. Happy to respond during the show if you have questions or comments. Okay, so I I gotta take this picture down. This is Hunter Biden on taking a selfie with his crystal teeth. Um, got we gotta have a better picture. Do we have a better picture? That's a better picture. There we go. We'll do Hunter Biden sleeping with a crack pipe in his mouth. I like that picture better. A little bit more respectful while still hammering the message home that this guy is uh, is a bad dude. So the investigation into Hunter Biden, the media is finally admitting it. We had last week, last week the uh, New York Times finally confirmed that the laptop was real. Then we saw the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, the circle back girl, refusing to comment on it, even though she had publicly commented on it as a member of the campaign. Now in the White House, she said it's not her job to comment on it. Uh, it kind of is. Then we saw the Washington Post finally admit it. Now we saw CNN finally admit it. 
the walls, I, I don't, I hate saying this because the left uses it so much on Donald Trump, but the walls do seem to be closing in on Hunter Biden. And just as an outsider's perspective, it seems to me that they are reporting, they're reporting on this because their inside sources have told them that the investigation has reached such a level that you can no longer deny it even exists. And my interpretation is that these media outlets, the last thing they want to do is be caught flat-footed, be caught denying that this is real when he gets indicted, when they raid his house and arrest him and drag him out in his tidy whities Not going to put that picture up. That's a scarring picture. I'd rather look at Hunter Biden's meth teeth than the selfie he took <laughs> wearing tidy whities and a red scarf around his neck. So the media wants to get ahead of this. Again, the last thing they want is to be blamed for covering it up, even though they did. Everything that the media is reporting today, we knew about almost two years ago. I mean, I went through email records just to see how long, because when, when I was on the Conservative Daily Podcast, I was emailing into the producers what we were talking about that day, giving them the topic, giving them all the cuts, uh, explaining what it's going to be about, sending it to Joe. Um, so I have a record of, of everything we've ever talked about. I'm looking back and it was mid 2020, a little bit earlier, spring 2020, that we started talking about this and, and we were accused of being conspiracy theorists. We were accused of being, uh, Russian disinformation. It's funny how that works, isn't it? But now the media is admitting to all of it, everything. It's like, it's like that line from star Wars, the force awakens. It's true. All of it. Ron Solo says that. Everything we reported was accurate, which really concerns me because there have been a lot of things that were also reported from other people who have seen the laptop from hell. I have not personally seen it. I won't touch it with a 10-foot pole because possessing that laptop, if it contains what they say it contains, would be a felony for possession of child pornography. So I won't touch that laptop with a 10-foot pole. Lots of people have, I guess, figured out a legal way to do it. And it just got entered into the record in Congress by Congressman Matt Gates the other day. He tried to introduce it through unanimous consent and the Democrats freaked out. So he then did it after the fact. Hunter Biden's laptop is now in the congressional record, which means it's the contents of his laptop are now going to be sent to the Library of Congress where they will be stored forever. And I don't know if they'll make it searchable. I'm sure they'll, they'll find that they can't actually store most of it. But it's in, it's in the Library of Congress. It will be going to the Library of Congress now that they've introduced it into the congressional and public record. But they're trying to claim that this is news. They're trying to claim this is news when it's not. We've known about this for years, as I said. But no one has been a bigger denier of his own son's crimes than Joe Biden himself. He actually has denied it so many times that we had to pull two supercuts. So let me play his first supercut of Joe Biden denying, denying that his son did anything wrong. Let's play cut two. You said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? Get your words straight, Jack. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else. Period. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man what he's doing that no president has ever done. You a damn liar, man. But that company wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? What, don't Who said that? There is no controversy about my son. It's all a lie. This was put together. This was put together by the RNC. 
the different headlines. New York Times finally admits it. Investigation to Hunter Biden moving forward. I like that. A little bit of music. You find that on the RNC's. I think it's RNC Research is the, the account, the social account that they use for that. I like it for the music, but it's all true. He has, more than anyone else, he has denied his son's wrongdoing. Which, listen, as a parent, I hope that I'm able to raise my kids right. That they never do anything close to what Hunter Biden does. And, and I am committed to making sure that that never happens. I think most parents, as long as they show up, as long as they, they do the job, I, I believe that most parents will not raise a child like Hunter Biden. Um, I understand. I understand that Joe Biden would defend his son. And I'm sure that if my son, God forbid, ever got in trouble with the law, I would be out there claiming his innocence because that's what parents do. But it's a little different when you're running to be president. It's a little different when you're running to be the chief executive of the United States, the top law enforcement officer of the United States, because he does nominate the attorney general and he does. He, the president can exercise control over the DOJ. That's something that the mainstream media tried to um, distort when Donald Trump was there. The president absolutely has the right to set uh, law enforcement priorities of how he thinks the law should be according to his oath of office, faithfully executed, and which laws shouldn't be prioritized, which laws should not be prioritized. The president has that power. He is chief law enforcement officer. The attorney general is his number two. It's a little different when you're a parent running to be the chief law enforcement officer of the United States because you would then be given the power to intervene and potentially influence what the DOJ or FBI does. The fact that Joe Biden was so vocally out there saying his son did nothing wrong itself could be a corrupt influence on the FBI and DOJ because once he won with asterisks around it, just in case anyone's listening to the audio version and didn't just see me do air quotes with my fingers, when Joe Biden won, everyone, the DOJ and FBI, knowing his position on the issue may, and this is a legitimate argument, may decline to prosecute or decline to investigate his son, knowing that Joe Biden would make life a living hell for them. That's why you do not want presidents of the United States, whether it's Biden, asterisk, little air quotes, Trump or Obama, you do not want presidents commenting on active investigations, especially not active investigations against their family members. You do not want that. So for Joe Biden to be out there so publicly, so openly declaring that his son did nothing wrong was itself a potential conflict. But that was just the first supercut. Here's the next supercut of Joe Biden denying his son or he or anyone in his family did anything wrong. Let's play cut three. Every single solitary, serious investigator, including your network and others who looked at this, have said there's absolutely zero basis to the accusation that I acted anyway inappropriately or that my son did. Every major national, international, and local news operation that's looked into it has said it's a lie. This is the president's flat line. So there's not been a scintilla of evidence pointed out anything wrong. There's not a single solitary scintilla of evidence anywhere. There's not been one scintilla of evidence that my son ever interfered, that I ever asked me anything, that I ever got involved in anything. I mean, come on. This is... So, <laughs> these guys are amazing. So, you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit, to say anything that was wrong. You know that. Yeah, that's not true. 
That's not true. Here is CNN. They fact-checked Donald Trump during the presidential debate when Donald Trump brought up what he called the laptop from hell and the crimes in the Biden crime family. CNN fact-checked it. So when Joe Biden's up there saying, your news organization, everyone else has investigated this, I want to show you what their actual investigation was. They said that Biden accused Trump of spreading Russian disinformation when he brought up the Post, the New York Post articles about his son, Hunter, and his foreign business dealings with Ukraine. Biden then said there are 50 national intelligence folks who said that what he's accusing me of is Russian is a Russian plant. And, and CNN con, uh, concluded, this is somewhat misleading. Many of the experts in the articles overlap with Russia's known disinformation. Biden accurately cited the letter from ex-officials, but their analysis was based on experience only, not current insights. So actually, surprisingly, this is a little bit, this is a little bit honest, but then they proceeded in the rest of their reporting to say that there was no real evidence that Hunter Biden or anyone in the Biden crime family had done anything wrong. So it wasn't just Joe Biden stepping in and saying that some of those were actually when he was president, by the way, just so we're clear, some of those clips and those town hall events, not all of them were when he was running for president. Some of them were after he won. So for him to be the sitting president, asterisk, we all know why, for him to be the sitting president and to be commenting on something he knows for a fact, an active investigation, huge, huge conflict of interest. We also saw the mainstream media. We also saw the mainstream media go out of their way above and beyond to try and dispute this laptop from hell, claiming it's disinformation, claiming that none of it's true, none of it is verified, even though they made no efforts to verify it. We verified many parts of this. I mean, you had Hunter Biden's business associates coming out and doing television interviews. They showed the emails. The email addresses in those emails were real. They did exist. We got corroborating information from other people in the email chains that these emails were real. They were sent by Hunter Biden. It's, it was verifiable. The mainstream media said it wasn't because they didn't bother to try. Why they didn't bother to try, we'll get to that in a minute. First, let's play this supercut of the mainstream media and their lackeys denying. There's no evidence that Hunter Biden has done anything wrong. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing between uh, uh, by Biden, by Joe Biden, or by Hunter Biden. There's no evidence that Joe Biden actually did anything wrong or did anything to sway things in Hunter Biden's favor. He's denied that his son ever lobbied him for anything. There is nothing, Hunter, there is nothing wrong that Vice President Biden did. President Trump has falsely accused your son of doing something wrong while serving on a company board falsely. in Ukraine. I want to point out there's no evidence of wrongdoing by either one of you. There is no evidence that anybody did anything illegal uh, regarding the Bidens uh, and, and Ukraine, and, and Joe Biden was carrying out U.S. policy. President Trump wanted dirt on Joe and Hunter Biden. Trump's claims about wrongdoing here are unsubstantiated. We have looked. Lots of out outlets have looked. Hunter Biden did nothing wrong. Vice President Biden just keeps uh, going. did nothing wrong. Every single media outlet has said that there are no, there's no there there to these allegations, lies, and smears. PolitiFact found no evidence to support the idea that Joe Biden advocated with his son's interests in mind. It's true that there's no evidence of any wrongdoing by Vice President Biden or that Hunter Biden uh, broke any laws at all. What it confirms is that Hunter Biden is a person of integrity. Hunter has done nothing wrong. I've never read a memoir uh, like this one before. This is Hunter Biden's book, Beautiful Things. He's showing for the book. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing 
by either Joe or Hunter Biden. The bogus investigation of, of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, let's be clear, Hunter Biden didn't do anything illegal, and his father, the vice president, didn't do anything illegal or unethical. It demonstrates the you know, lifetime of integrity that, uh, that, have, uh, that have been representing, represented by the Bidens uh, for, their, for their entire careers. My son did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. Wow. So first of all, this picture alone proved that one comment from, I forget who in there, I, th I think it was one of the talking heads, that he never did anything illegal on the laptop from hell was literally a picture of him passed out with a crack pipe in his mouth. So to say, you can make the claim that there's no evidence, but when, <laughs> when you literally have pictures of him getting high as a kite, to say that he's never done anything illegal is it, it, to me just an obvious an obvious lie. We also heard, I believe it was um, Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper um, was saying that Donald Trump falsely accused Hunter Biden of committing crimes. That is a far cry from the other media talking heads, which were, who were very clearly trying to maneuver their language to be truthful, but also a little misleading when they said that there's no evidence. They said there's no evidence. Well, yeah, there's no evidence because they deliberately didn't look for it. But that's that's very different from saying that someone falsely made a claim because saying that someone falsely made a claim is to suggest that the evidence would point out the opposite, right? Saying that there's no evidence is very different than accusing someone of lying about Hunter Biden. Now, this is what I want to talk about with all these people. Now, some of these people on there were paid by the Biden campaign, were paid by the Democratic National Committee and other Democrat-leaning activist groups, 501c3, c4, PACs, things like that. The others, like for them, I understand just like a father would want to defend their son if he was accused of wrongdoing, I can understand why Democratic officials would go out and just flat out deny and read out the talking points to defend their candidate. It, I, I understand the rationale for that. When you have media paid employees, when you have media outlets doing the same thing, that is very different because the Democratic National Committee is in the business of popping up Democrat candidates. Democrat PACs are in the same business, though they're supposed to be pushing issue, issue advocacy, not being for or against any specific candidate. Media outlets are not supposed to engage in politicking. This is very important. They are not allowed to because when it comes to advocating for or against a certain candidate, they fall under the same category as big businesses in this country. It is against the law for big business to donate to a candidate. Business owners can donate to a candidate, but they can only donate the maximum allowed by law. And I, I don't want to give the wrong number because I think they just lifted it up a little bit for inflation. But it's like 2500 2600 somewhere around there is how much an individual is allowed to donate to a candidate in the primary and then in a general election. The business itself, though, cannot. You as a business owner, you can, but you cannot write a check from the business checking account because you can't. That would be terrible if big businesses could just write checks to all candidates and be actively advocating for or against candidates. The way that businesses get around this, the way that businesses get around this is they create what's called corporate PACs. Those are political action committees, 501c4s, that are technically linked with companies. They can only 
collect, I believe they can only collect donations from employees of the company. And basically what that means is if there are like-minded employees within the company, if they want to promote a certain political agenda, they can do so through this pack, but they can only be taking in uh, money from the company. CNN doesn't have a corporate pack. Doesn't. MSNBC doesn't have a corporate pack. What we just saw, all of those, um, all of those clips of MSNBC, CNN, all their talking heads, all the paid analysts, commentators, hosts advocating for Joe Biden, advocating for Joe Biden's presidency, defending what they knew was indefensible, defending what they knew was accurate, but chose instead to paint as false and inaccurate. There was an argument to be made that that was illegal politicking. Now, how does that work? As I said, corporations cannot donate money to candidates. There's also a concept in federal election law known as an in-kind donation. So a donation doesn't just have to be money. If you own an event center and you want a candidate to use that event center, you cannot give the candidate the event center for free if the amount that it would normally cost to rent that event center exceeds the maximum donation by law. This is something that I counseled Joe on when he was trying to have different political candidates hold rallies at one of his event centers. I said, Joe, you cannot have the event center do it. You have to gift it and you have to make sure that if it costs more typically to rent it, you have to charge them a the difference. Otherwise, they're going to go, they're going to um, crack down on you. So anything over that maximum allowed by law is considered an illegal in-kind campaign contribution. So they're only allowed to donate $2,600 or however, however much it is. And you give them something of value that is worth $3,000. Well, you just illegally donated $400 to a campaign. For corporations, any kind of in-kind donation to a campaign, any kind of in-kind parallel advocacy for a political campaign is illegal. Now ask yourself, how much does CNN charge for 30 seconds of airtime? How much does CNN or MSNBC charge political groups if they want to take over the air and spend 30 minutes advocating for a candidate? It's expensive. Prime time during a debate, probably a million bucks. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at Super Bowl levels of spending. Not really that high, but it's up there, especially because they, people write the checks. One million is probably a little bit too high, but it's definitely up there if you want to spend minutes talking about this. This is why, this is why news outlets will not allow um, sitting, uh, running candidates to then get free airtime. When, MS, when NBC sorry, put Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live, they were technically required to give all the other candidates equal airtime. Otherwise, it could be viewed that, they have, that their decision to have Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live was an in-kind donation, giving him free airtime to make himself look better. So they were technically required to give all the other candidates equal amount of airtime as much time as Donald Trump was on screen during his Saturday Night Live appearance because he was an active candidate running for office. He was an active candidate running for office. So ask yourself, how much was all of that worth? Every time you saw Anderson Cooper, every time you saw Jake Tapper, every time you saw all of the MSNBC hosts that, frankly, I don't know their names because I don't think it's worth learning their names <laughs> other, than, other than Rachel Maddow. Um, how much was that worth? Well, it's easy. Grab a stopwatch. And when they start talking and defending Hunter Biden and lying to protect Biden, just let it run. And when you're done, see how much time that was and multiply it by whatever the going rate would be for political ads at that time. 
And that is the donation. Here's the thing. Anything more than one cent worth of airtime is illegal because it's a corporation. I, I know this isn't the most sexy topic, but it's important to remember that this isn't just a, oh, mea culpa. Oh, we, we messed up. No, the mainstream media was deliberately putting their finger on the scale to help Joe Biden during the presidential election year. They deliberately covered up an October surprise. October surprise, that is a term used to describe something that comes out in the last month of the presidential campaign that has the potential to radically reshape it. When Donald Trump ran in 2016, it was the, under, the, the uh, surreptitiously recorded video of Donald Trump saying that he grabs women, right? The, on the other side, it was James Comey and Hillary Clinton. That was the other October surprise. So when they came out with the October surprise about Hunter Biden, the mainstream media did everything they could to cover it up because the mainstream media, media wanted Joe Biden to win. Now, can you prove it? Can you prove that this was done for political advocacy? That's going to be hard. Unless you have Project Veritas having someone in these CNN meetings, it's going to be hard. I haven't had a chance to go back and look, but I do remember that there was evidence in these CNN meetings that, that the higher-ups were telling them not to advocate for Donald Trump, things like that. That is, there's an argument to be made. It's a, it's a difficult argument to make, but it's still an argument. And just because you cannot prove it beyond any doubt does not mean that a crime wasn't committed. I think it's, it's something we have to mention. We absolutely have to mention it here. But the media did everything they could to deny it, to cover it up. And now they have done a complete 180, a complete about face. Here is NBC News just this week. Now finally admitting that Hunter Biden's ties to China are under scrutiny. Let's play cut five. A 2013 trip to China getting new attention this morning, not for what Joe Biden did, but for who he brought with him. His son, Hunter, joining the then vice president on the official visit to Beijing, along with Hunter's daughter, Finnegan. Unknown to the press back then, Hunter Biden was forming a Chinese private equity fund, planning to raise money, including from Chinese investors. Years later, Hunter Biden acknowledged that during the trip, he met with a Chinese banker, which his spokesperson describes as a social visit, not a business one. Ten days after the Biden's trip, Shanghai authorities issued the fund's business license. Ah, how convenient. So you see how they, they craft this media reporting to deliberately add the phrase unknown at the time, unknown back then. They're trying to create the narrative that they didn't report it back then because they couldn't verify, even though they went out of their way to not let it be verified. Complete 180. Here's CNN doing the same. Let's play cut six. It, it, it seems, seems pretty clear, clear that Hunter Biden, Biden was uh, trading on his father's, father's name to make, make a lot of money. money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's... That's 10% for the big guy. We covered this years ago. I had to literally dig through my emails for years to find it. Here you go. Email from James Gillar to T Tony Bobolinsky. He is the Hunter Biden business associate who came out and, uh, and blew the whistle on all this. To also Rob Walker and Hunter. The reason we have these emails is Hunter Biden was still logged into his iCloud account. That is his Apple cloud account on his Apple MacBook when he handed it in to the laptop repair store in Delaware. So when no one paid for the laptop, that became the possession of the repair shop's owner. That's very common when you put things in to be repaired. If they repair it and you don't pay after a certain amount of time, you don't own it anymore. 
because you can't unrepair a laptop once you've already put new pieces in. Really hard to desolder things. Here's the email from James Gilliard. As I had already alluded when we had discussed and agreed the following enumeration packages, chair and vice chair, depending on agreement with Hunter, $850,000. Tony Bubulinski would be CEO, $800,000. James, EEIG, would have a consultancy business agreement for $500,000. Rob, I guess Rob Walker, $500,000. Jim, unknown. Sanan, Sanan, however you pronounce that, $72,000. And then Hunter has some office expectations that he will elaborate. Then you keep going down on this, and this is how they divided the equity. The equity of this new business venture, 20% for Hunter, 20% for Rob, 20% for James, 20% for Tony, 10% for Jim, and 10 held by H, Hunter, for the big guy. This we knew this two years ago, almost two years ago, year and a half ago. For CNN to now finally admit that it's known that, that, P, that Hunter was, was selling his family's name when all of this got released a year and a half ago is borderline. I'm not even going to say it's criminal. Not even borderline. It is just criminal. One bit I didn't mention about the, uh, the issue of in-kind, illegal in-kind campaign contributions from businesses. Think about social media. Think about Twitter. Twitter suspending, suspending the New York Post article about the laptop from hell. Not just that. Also, also social media companies like, like Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube censoring anyone who was talking about it. I remember when we were live on the air, back then it was on Facebook, talking about the laptop from hell, we noticed how we had a couple hundred people watching. And all of a sudden, as soon as we started talking about Hunter Biden's laptop, the people watching dropped to like 20 or 30 because we were actively being shadow banned, actively being censored at the time. Ask yourself, what is that worth? If you are running for office, what would it be worth? Let's say you're running for president. What would it be worth for every social media company out there, all the major ones, to suddenly make it a violation of their terms of service to talk about the crazy shit that you and your family did. Make it a violation of their terms of service to discuss the October surprise. How much is that worth? Well, we know how much social media advertising is worth. We know how much it would cost to run a 15-second ad on Facebook. What would it cost to suppress an hour podcast? What would it cost to suppress every podcast? You, you can see how that cost skyrockets. And remember, anything over one cent would be a violation of campaign finance laws. So we know, we know that Hunter Biden is a criminal, but let's actually talk about the specific laws, the specific laws that were broken. Before I do, I'm going to remind everyone, we do have a sponsor trying to get more sponsors. The sponsor is prepsos.com. That link is in the description. And I did also just get a promo code. So the link in the description didn't give you any percent off. Now, if you go to prepsos.com, either by clicking that link in the description or just going to prepsos.com, when you use promo code MAX, M-A-X, promo code MAX, you're going to get 5% off. Most of, most of the expensive stuff is free shipping. Um, yeah, not a big enough show to demand bigger promo codes, but wanted to help you guys out. If you want to support the channel, if you want to stock up on emergency supplies, I have stocked up before 
they became a sponsor. I've stocked up on emergency food. Regular foods get more expensive while emergency foods getting more expensive. And the supply chain on this stuff, some of these companies are saying they're five to nine weeks out. Personally, I'm not comfortable living five to nine weeks without being able to keep my family safe. So I've started decommissioning, taking out of rotation old survival supplies, eating the food. Some of them were about to go bad in a couple of years, eating it, restocking. So if you want to do the same, especially with hurricane season coming up, I highly recommend you go over to prepsos.com, use promo code MAX, and you'll get 5% off your order. And you will also help the show because we will get a small commission as well. Okay, let's talk about some of the crimes. So remember that the Justice Department is investigating Hunter Biden for illegal lobbying. You'll remember that this, this law, the Foreign, Foreign Agent Registration Act, FARA, this is what they ultimately got Paul Manafort on. That is operating as an agent of a foreign power without registering with the government that you are an agent of that foreign power. Now, personally, I believe that FARA likely violates the Constitution because you have the right to free speech. Um, just because that speech it lines up with another country, just because that country is paying you, I think it is a little bit questionable whether the government can force you to register in order to, to have that speech. But it is a long-standing law, not one that usually gets prosecuted, but it is a long-standing law. They charged and convicted Paul Manafort of it. He, he pled guilty, operating as a foreign agent without registering. Tony Podesta was also um, being investigated for it. They let him off the hook. They let Tony Podesta off the hook because he's a Podesta, because he's a, he's a Democrat operative. But he should have been prosecuted as well. The question now is, why isn't Hunter being prosecuted for the same thing? This is very common. It's very common for people to engage in this kind of lobbying without filling out all the paperwork, especially if contracts are short and you don't know it's going to be a long-term agreement. I'm not justifying. I'm just saying that that's how it is in Washington, D.C. And for the longest time, no one was ever prosecuted for this. Well, now that they've opened the floodgates and prosecuted Paul Manafort, they are obligated to do the same every time a Democrat is caught up in this. But what we've seen is that is not the case. Republicans get prosecuted. Democrats do not. Hunter Biden's tax problems mentioned earlier in the show that this is probably the easiest thing to get him with, proving that he had income and then proving that his tax returns did not pay enough tax on that income and that he was deliberately hiding Income. That's not the same as tax avoidance. Tax avoidance is very common. Anyone who pays taxes as a, a, a sole proprietor or a 1099, right, or they own a one-member LLC is very common for people to have write-offs. Donald Trump, tons of write-offs, like billions in write-offs and, and, and things that he was carrying forward, losses, right, it is very common for people to report things on their taxes claiming that they didn't actually make that much money because when you count all the expenses and the losses, that's fine. But when you don't engage in legitimate tax avoidance and you are just refusing to pay your taxes, that's criminal. And this is really, it's really easy. It's no politics. They don't even have to say the guy's name. And in many cases, they don't even really present the, the information about who the guy is. It's just <laughs> Hunter, Hunter, Hunter made this much money. He only paid this much in taxes. He owes this much based on how much he owes. That is this kind of crime. We saw earlier this year, earlier this year, Hunter Biden decided that he wanted to pay up all of that money. He likely was told by someone on the inside that this is ratcheting up and you should probably pay this, pay your, your back taxes. This does not absolve you. 
paying your taxes years after you deliberately didn't pay them is not a get out of jail free card, but it is helpful and it will get you some leniency when it comes to prosecutors or judges or the IRS deciding whether or not to keep going after you. The problem is he paid this off way too late. If he had done this when it was forced reported that they had impaneled a grand jury, probably never would have gotten to this last part. Well, it would have with the laptop from hell being revealed, but there wouldn't have already been a grand jury impaneled to be looking into the laptop. Because remember, the laptop was investigated and, and evidence has been reported was brought before the already impaneled grand jury in this tax avoidance case. That's how a lot of this got added into the record. If he had paid off his taxes as soon as he got wind that they're investigating him, wouldn't have happened. You see, Hunter is a little cocky. He thought he was going to get away with it. All these criminals do. So he didn't pay. Paid now. Maybe that helps him. Maybe it doesn't. But at this point, it's hard to unskin that cat. We also have his gun crimes. This is something that I have tried to really, to really present as much as I can because I cannot really do justice just how illegal it was. We saw um, on one of those CNN clips where they were hawking his book. They're hawking his book saying, oh, this is a wonderful memoir. You should read this memoir. In the memoir, Hunter Biden admitted to being a habitual user of illegal drugs during the time period that we know for a fact he bought a gun. Now, on when you buy a gun from a gun store, you have to fill out what's called a, a Form 4473. This is the background check form. Anyone who's bought a gun, you know that it's there. That form asks you a number of questions. Are you a criminal? Are you a fugitive from justice? Right? Have you been, have you been dishonorably discharged from the military? Lots of, are you a legal alien? And as long as you say no, then you're fine. Then there's a question. I think it's, I think it's 13. Don't, don't quote me on that. I haven't bought a gun in a while. I think it's question 13 deals with drugs. Asks you, are you an illegal user of any illegal drug or controlled substance? It then the new edition of this form clarifies that that includes marijuana, even if it has been, even if it was medicinal marijuana as legalized by states, marijuana is still an illegal drug. Um, and you can't buy a gun if you're a habitual user of marijuana. We know that Hunter bought the gun. So we know that he answered, no, I'm not illegal. I'm not a user of illegal drugs. In his memoir, he admitted that he was. So that right there is a violation of a law. That was an illegal gun purchase. That's a felony. That's a felony that Joe Biden has promised to ensure would be prosecuted. Notice how he is not behind bars. Notice how Hunter Biden has not been charged with this gun crime. If you or I bought a firearm and then released a memoir saying that we were high when we did it, we'd already be in jail. Go directly to jail. Do not pass. Go. Do not collect $200. That's how we would be treated. Hunter Biden, he's playing Monopoly. No, he's just visiting. He's not in jail. He's just on the just visiting, just visiting spot. But an illegal gun purchase. That's something that the left says is, is a problem. That's something the left says is when you commit an illegal gun purchase, chances are you're going to commit gun crimes. And it seems pretty obvious, right? In this case, it is very much true. Here's a bit about the background check. On this one, I don't know if they have it. Here we go. Um, they th the, the gun in question that he illegally purchased when he was a habitual user of illegal drugs, was dumped. It was dumped in a trash can. Billy Biden, who is Bo Biden's widow. So remember when Hunter Biden, and this, is, this isn't really illegal. It's just really like screwy, skeevy, just disgusting. 
Hunter Biden's brother, Bo, died. Hunter then starts shacking up with the widow, Hallie. And during that exchange, we are told that Hallie, Haley, Hallie, she didn't like that Hunter Biden had a gun. So she stole it. That's a crime. And disposed of it in a trash can, a trash receptacle outside of a gourmet grocery store called Jansen's Market, which is located across the street from the campus of Alexis I. DuPont High School. That is a violation of the gun-free school, the gun-free school zone, uh, gun-free safe school zone, gun-free school zone act. <laughs> Sorry, I, I should know the acronym. I'm, I'm editing my book on gun control right now. And I literally just read that. I don't know why I couldn't get it. The, the gun-free school zone act. <laughs> that says you cannot bring a firearm. I believe it's a thousand feet within uh, you cannot have a firearm within a thousand feet of the edge of a school property. On the Conservative Daily Podcast, when we covered this at the time, I brought up the map and I showed everyone that, yes, the trash receptacles behind Jensen's Market were all within that 1,000 feet radius of Alexis DuPont High School, meaning that this was a crime. Hunter Biden's gun illegally purchased and then illegally dumped in a school zone. Felony, felony, felony. Then we're told that someone, suspected to be Secret Service, someone showed up at the gun store where he purchased that gun illegally and demanded the background check forms. Now, I've covered this before. I highly recommend when the book comes out, which will be in the next week or two, trying to get everything done. My book, uh, A Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument, it goes through how registration in the government works. When you buy a gun, the FFL is required to hold on to that for X number of years. It's like 20 years. After which, they destroy it. But the, F, the FFL, the licensed gun dealer, holds on to your background check record so that if the gun is found or it, is, it turns up at a crime scene, they can go to the FFL, they can trace the serial number. The way it usually works is they trace the serial number back to the manufacturer. The manufacturer finds the wholesaler. The wholesaler can then tell them what store it went to. And then the federal agents go to the store and see who bought it. And then that person becomes a suspect chief person of interest. This is all to make sure that the federal government can't just create a digital database where they can put the serial number in and find out exactly who owned it. That would be really dangerous. We know that someone claiming, I, I think they claim to be Secret Service agents, showed up at the gun store where Hunter Biden was uh, illegally bought the gun and took the records away. You're not supposed to take the records away. Those records are still supposed to stay with the gun store. Reason being, lots of times there are multiple guns put on a background check form. People buy multiple guns at a time. If you were to take that background check form away, if the government was to take that background check away from the, um, the gun store and another gun was to turn up at a crime, things go missing, things get lost. If they lost the only hard copy of the form and there was another gun on that form and it turned up at a crime, they wouldn't be able to actually trace it. So the records are always supposed to stay, the hard copies are always supposed to stay at the gun store. But they took them. They took him away and he was never prosecuted. So add it to the list of illegal gun purchases, add it to the list of illegally dumping a gun inside of a school zone. You may also have a charge of abuse of power for getting secret service involved, secret service agents to go and collect the, their background check record. He couldn't be prosecuted. If that happened, that's an additional, an additional charge. And, and there's the crimes about bribery, about corruption, 
about corrupt influences. We know that Hunter Biden was selling his, his father's name. We know that Hunter Biden, in emails, had quid pro quo arrangements with very wealthy people, where he was literally expecting that they would give him something in return for him getting a sit down with Joe Biden. Joe Biden claimed it never happened, but every single one of the meetings that were described during the 2020 election of him bringing Burisma officials or Mexican billionaires to Joe Biden to sit in, in the vice president's office and meet with him, every single one of those meetings happened. They were real. When Joe Biden claimed publicly that it wasn't real, that, oh, it's not my calendar, so it didn't happen. It happened. They weren't faked photographs. Joe Biden was taking pictures with these people. That brings us into a whole other level of corruption because for Joe Biden, sitting vice president, to be included in this corrupt scheme, it goes beyond a quid pro quo. It goes far beyond a quid pro quo, and it actually becomes criminal bribery, criminal corruption. And in order for that to be prosecuted, all you have to prove is that Joe Biden in some way benefited, not Hunter, but Joe Biden in some way benefited by t having an audience. Uh, like literally personally benefited. It's a little difficult because when you're running for office, a lot of times you'll meet with someone and then all of a sudden, wow, they just donated to my campaign or wow, the person I met with just donated to a PAC that I'm partnered with. It's hard to prove it. But if you can prove that they personally benefited from it, it's criminal. Considering the fact that we have paperwork suggesting that when they created a shell company, that 10% of the equity was being held by Hunter for the big guy. It, there is an argument to be made that Joe Biden violated the statute. It's a very clear argument. There's also text messages from Hunter to Joe complaining, Hunter complaining to his father, Joe Biden, that Joe forces him to give half of his salary, half of his earnings to the Biden crime family, almost like a godfather situation. So we have in text message evidence, Hunter complaining that Joe Biden was forcing him to hand over the profits from these business deals. So if we know that he was selling the Biden name, if we know that Hunter Biden was bringing people before Joe Biden to meet them and expecting, according to his own email records, especially with these Mexican billionaires, expecting a quid pro quo arrangement and then sending follow-up emails, believing that he didn't think he got enough in return. Well, when we also have the text messages that Joe Biden was literally taking this profit for himself, that is proof. And there's lots of other crimes, right? If you can prove that, that this was being done on behalf of a foreign enemy of the United States, then it becomes treasonous. What I don't like to do, what I get concerned about, I get concerned when we skip over that step. Lots of people have made the argument Joe Biden committed treason. I think there's an argument to be made. But when we look at Hunter Biden, the crimes that he's actually being investigated for, none of them, to my knowledge, are capital offenses. So when we, when we jump, oh, hang him, hang him. That concerns me because, yes, if, if he was convicted of treason, then yeah, treason can be a capital offense. It can also not be a capital offense. It can also be a death penalty offense. Not all treason cases are, not all treasonous people are put to death if they're, even if they are convicted. I get nervous about that because it, it create. I get nervous because I don't want to live in a country where political opponents get put to death. Not saying that people who deserve it don't deserve it, but absent the determination of a court of law that you are both guilty and a judge determining that you should be sentenced to 
the most serious of sentences, death, that's not for us to decide, right? Our job is to put pressure on people in power to make sure that criminals like Hunter Biden are held accountable, put pressure on legislators to make sure that the law is written in a way that does not allow these corrupt people to game the system and enrich themselves. It's not our job to declare someone is deserving of death. It isn't. Now, in a self-defense situation, you have that call. Unless you find, unless you wake up in the middle of the night to a, to a bump, a bump in the night, and you go downstairs to find Joe uh, Hunter Biden smoking all of your Parmesan cheese, then maybe you have legal rationale to deploy deadly force. But absent that kind of situation, these aren't death penalty crimes. Unless you can prove reason. Prove treason it is, but even then, not guaranteed. But there are plenty of crimes that he can be charged with. There's plenty of crimes that he can be convicted for. We are talking about years, decades in prison, not just for Hunter Biden, but also for Joe Biden, also for the rest of the Biden crime family, since we have text message evidence suggesting that the, the profits of this criminal enterprise were being spread amongst family members. They knew that, then they are complicit. They're an accessory to that. Now, all of this would be great if we had a Justice Department that actually prosecuted the guilty. But what we have is a Justice Department that prosecutes anyone with an R next to their name and lets off the hook anyone with a D next to their name. Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton is a prime example of that. There are people who went to prison for a long time for mishandling classified information. She does it. Well, let her off the hook because couldn't prove intent, even though intent is not a requirement of the gross negligence statute. That's what James Comey said. He couldn't prove intent. They had no problem convicting, prosecuting, convicting all the other people who didn't have intent either. So this is our job. Our job is to make sure that people like Hunter Biden are not allowed to get away with this. Our job is to share this podcast. Whether you're watching online, whether you're listening to the audio version, if you haven't already signed up for the audio version, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, all those links are in the description. Um, share it. Share it with like-minded people. Still a ton of people following Conservative Daily Podcasts that don't know about this. Um, please do share. And if, if you find yourself over there and uh, they're talking about me, mention that I have my own show because there's lots of people that don't know. I don't want to go over there and, and start advertising. I, I will be over there and, and for a goodbye episode pretty soon, I, th I think. I have to just say goodbye and and have some closure with that. And I'll mention to everyone. But if you are over there and you happen to be in their comment section, people are talking about me, good or bad. Let's let people know that I do have my own show and you can find it on Rumble. Starting next week, Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern. I don't know how the Hunter Biden bit will, will go. The fact that the mainstream media is now covering it suggests that this is nearing indictment. Is nearing a police raid. Otherwise, they wouldn't be rushing to get it on the record that, that this was happening. They don't want to be caught flat-footed. So that is, uh, that to me is, is a comfort. I mean, I, I say it's a comfort. I don't want anyone to go to prison. I, I wish Hunter Biden didn't put himself in this position. I wish, he, I wish he didn't put the country in this position. I have no personal animus to him. Um, my, in my opinion, he needs help. I mean, he's, he's very clearly an addict. And, and I'm not just talking about drugs. He's addicted to women. He's addicted to power. People like that need help. They need treatment. Not, that doesn't make me a liberal. It just makes me understanding that when you have an addictive nature, the best solution for that isn't always inside of a prison cell. In his case, I think it is. But 
I wish he, we didn't put us in this situation. I wish we didn't have a vice president then a president asterisk. Now, who was caught up in this? I think the American people deserve better. I have, I have no personal animus towards Hunter Biden. I, I, I really think he needs help. Anyone whose brother dies and he then, then decides to sleep with the wife and allegedly sleep with the younger family members, something really sick there. But I, I have nothing personally against Hunter Biden. I just wish we weren't in the situation. But now that we are, you, you got to go hard. You, you, you got to prosecute him to the fullest extent of the law. If you don't, then you are further undermining and faith in the institution. It's important. People need to have faith that the Department of Justice will, will, will enforce the law blindly, will enforce the law without preference or favor to one political party or another. If, if Hunter Biden is not prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, given everything that just happened to, to Donald Trump and his associates, um, there will be no saving it. There will be no saving the FBI. Well, that's it for this episode. If you like the Max McGuire show, you got to follow us on Rumble. Got to follow us on Rumble. That's where we're going live now. I'm trying to work out a good way to do restream. Right now, I'm just my own computer, so I can reliably stream it to one place. I could probably do it to two, but it might go down. It might, it might fall apart. So there are companies out there that will let me restream to two. I have to figure out which one I want to use. I'm going to try and do that over the weekend. Um, and then figure out what other places I want to stream to. But right now we are on Rumble, so you can check that live show again after this episode starting Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Also, the audio version is available. Please do go over there, subscribe. If you have an iPhone, a MacBook, an uh, 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 iPod, sorry, an iPad, um, please do leave us, leave me. Oh, I keep saying us, it's, it's me. Leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so I can climb up in those rankings. I think I peaked at 160th in the country for political podcasts. Um, I need your help. So help me reach higher rankings so more people can find this, more people can see that this show is happening. Leave me a five-star review. Really do appreciate it. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Um, people asking about the happy hours. Yeah, I'll probably start doing happy hours on Friday. This early will ruin me for the for the day if I start drinking the way I used to on happy hours. But yes, I, I, I will do happy hours in the future. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Remember that the fight to take back our country is not over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. <laughs>